Mike check. Mike check. Mike check. Mike check. Mike check. Mike check. One two one two. Mike check. Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Turned to the city, I broke out the notch. Got some more millies, I keep me a knot. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and ain't no fun. Mike check, one, two, one, two. Say sick and sit a podcast. I'm back for another episode. I can't be sober, I gotta stay high. Mike check one two one two. Let's go. Mike check one two one two. Let's go. Mike check one two one two. Back for another episode of Taste Sick and Sit a Podcast. Another week has ended Another week is about to begin Let's go Mike check one two one two Mike check one two one two Let's go Yo Mo B man Drop that shit Take sick and sit a podcast Let's go Back for another episode of Taste to Consider Podcast. Let's go. Tell me, baby, are you lonely? Don't want to rush out to help you if you only. Let me touch it for wrong love. Tell me, because I get caught up in the life I live as hell. See, I never thought I'd see the day when I would calm down. You ain't heard I've been known to clown and get around. That's my word. See, you walking and you're looking good. Yes, indeed, got a body like a sex fiend. You're killing me with your attitude to match right. Don't be phony because I hate it when you act like. Say sick and sit a podcast, let's go. I want the fame, but the industry's a lot like a crap game. Ain't no time for commitment. I gotta go, can't be with you every minute. This another show, and even though I'm known for my one night stand, look here, I wanna be an honest man, but temptations go. Say stick and sit a podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm back for another episode. Feels so good to be back. Yes, indeed, it does. Heaven knows getting weak and I want to hit it So here I go with my ride in the morning Getting high, I can hear the people calling I'm passing by, everybody knows I'm balling And the car gotta keep myself from falling But it's hard, all the duties know I'm under pressure With say sick and sit a podcast, let's go You decide, don't want it Move closer, let me whisper Some dirty words in your ears as I kiss you on every curve, slow down, baby, don't rush I like the soul, can't hold it any longer So let it go, open the case, be a waterfall up in heaven 
Tasting and Sit a Podcast. Back for another episode. It feels so good to be back. Yes, indeed. Uh, I tell you, I was pre gaming. Uh, I started pre gaming around, shoot, I don't remember. Probably uh, 6 30. I think it was like 6 30. I started pre-gaming around 6.30, yeah. Um, uh, started smoking the cigar. Started having a little taste. I started having a taste of some Hennessy. Going through the week, I just felt like, yeah, this week was a Hennessy week. So... I started having a taste of Hennessy, smoking the cigar. Cigar that I'm drinking for this episode is, this is a first right here. Um, This is a Shamrock, Shamrock cigar, Filthy Hooligan. Um, The spot that I go to to get cigars, it got a, a nice selection in it. A lot of cigars. Um, the funny thing about cigars is um, it's a lot of different cigars, but they are under the, a, a, a lot of them are under the same brand. So when I be searching for a cigar, I be trying to find different brands, but it'd it be difficult because a lot of them are different cigars, but they just under an umbrella of a different brand. So this is a first right here. This is a Shamrock's uh, cigar. Um, honestly, the reason I picked it was because it it has different uh, different tobaccos in it, and you can tell based off of the color. So it got the green, it got the the light brown, the dark brown in it. So I was like, let me try this one right here, and this is a good cigar. And one thing that I noticed with cigars that have different tobaccos in it, that they're um they burn differently because of the different the different age of the tobacco that's in the cigar. So this one burned a little differently. But it's a good cigar. And it went well with the um with the Hennessy. In the midst of pre-gaming, uh, like right now I'm on the third, the third glass of Hennessy. <laughs> and in the midst of pre-gaming, I had two two cups, two glasses. You know, pregame and listen to the music and stuff like that. I got a playlist that I listen to, and then I I change it up every every pregame. You know, sometimes I just I just straight listen to an album, or I'll stick to the pregame that I already have. So, you know, I'm in the house in the tasting room, partying by myself, pregaming by myself. So, <laughs> around it. Excuse me. Burp number one. Seven minutes in. Burp number two. So, 
Yeah, so I'll be pre-gaming, dancing around the tasting room and stuff like that. You know, partying, getting getting ready for the show. And <laughs> I started feeling it. Like, uh, after the second glass, I started feeling it. And I was like, oh, slow down, slow down a bit. Because I only had one meal today. And that's been that's been the case, period. Um, I don't eat the same way that I usually eat. Um, back in the day, I used to eat like three, four meals a day. Now, I only eat one meal a day, one big meal a day. And, I ain't, and, and it's not necessarily a big meal, but one meal a day. I have one meal a day. And throughout the rest of the day, after that that first meal, um, I'll snack, eat like fruit or uh, low calorie snacks and stuff like that, because I intermit, I do intermittent fasting. So my first meal is usually around one thirty or later, and I usually eat that first meal after I come from the gym, and <laughs> so. Pre-game, it kind of hit me a little fast. So I was like, damn, is this about to be another too lit, too fast episode or <laughs> or what? So I had to go upstairs and get some crackers. <laughs> and I started eating the crackers and I got a couple bottles of water and started drinking that because I was like, nah, I ain't going to be, I ain't going to be tore up to the point where I can't record or it's just sloppy. So I had a couple bottles of water, had the crackers and you know, that settled me down a little bit. But yeah, I'm feeling good. Um feeling good physically, feeling good mentally. I've I've changed a, a few things in my routine. Uh, of course, um as I stated on um previous episodes, I'm back in the gym. Um leaning out, uh getting rid of this quarantine weight uh from the, the pandemic. And uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling great physically. I'm I'm feeling great physically. I see the results from me being back in the gym. I mean, it's, I already know what I got to do when it's time to get back into the gym. So this is not a first for me. I know what I need to do, and I just gotta be consistent and disciplined and going to the gym and working out. Period. Because it's not all about. Because I. Because a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, I don't always go to the gym. I work out at home sometimes. I got some equipment here. But usually I'm in the gym. Well, what, I, what I've been doing, um, I've been in the gym five days a week. Um, and a sixth day, the sixth day out of the week, I'll work out at home and, and take a rest day. Sometimes it's just a full rest day where I don't do nothing. Sometimes that rest day I do something light, some some cardio or something like that. But... I, I guess I've been back in the gym like consistently, consistently for a good two, three weeks. And I'm already leaning out and stuff like that. So I know my body. I know how to work it. And then just the fact that, you know, I've been doing intermittent fasting for for some years now. And then the fact now that with the intermittent fasting, I don't eat several meals throughout the day. I, I have one meal. I literally have one meal. And then I'll have like um, my my protein shake, and I do uh, vegetable protein. I don't do whey protein no more because it's 
it was too, it's too heavy and it's, it's difficult to digest and stuff like that. So I do a, a vegetable protein and um, that works great for me now. So when I take that vegetable protein, I don't feel weighed down and stuff like that. And it's healthy because of the uh, all the um, nutrients in it from the different vegetables and the different... Um, different type of herbs and stuff that's in it and stuff like that. So, yeah, usually my first meal is is between 1.30 and 3.30, my first meal period of the day. Like when I wake up in the morning, I, just, I, just, I, I drink tea. I drink several teas. I probably drink about four or five different teas. Um, and then I'll go to the gym around like midday, get a good workout and lifting and stuff, and then I'll come home, probably do some cardio on the treadmill, and then I'll have either my meal or I'll have my protein. And then I'll have, if I have my protein shake after working out, then I'll have my meal during dinner time. But if I don't have my protein after working out, I'll have my meal, and then I'll have my protein later on, and then I'll just, you know, snack if I'm if I need to or not. But honestly... My body is so different now that I don't even be hungry like that. Like, I'm literally in the space now where I eat to live. I'm not no more in that space where I live to eat. <laughs> I do have my my uh, moments where I indulge in, in my sweets because I love sweets. I love pastries, donuts, um, honey buns, cakes, and stuff like that. So I do indulge. But I know, I know my body so well where if I'm on it, if I'm like disciplined and consistent and working out, doing my cardio, lifting and stuff like that, then I can usually eat what I want as long as it's in moderation. So, yeah, I'm leaning out. Um, I'm getting my, my strength back. I'm getting my endurance back. I'm getting my, my, my muscular size back. There's a difference between your fat size and your muscular size so since i'm leaning out i'm building up my muscle and stuff like that so i'm getting my muscular size back and i'm feeling good you know um i i try not to get caught up into the scale anymore so i don't even step on the scale because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because you can you can sit down weigh 200 pounds not working out and then start working out and you know building muscle and stuff like that and still weigh 200 pounds that's just how it is sometimes so never get caught up into the scale never get caught up into the scale and so I definitely have been seeing results and progress and stuff so that's been fueling me even more so I'm happy about that and mentally and emotionally wise I'm feeling uh good I'm feeling much better um since last episode and I attribute the way that I was feeling last episode to the full moon and stuff like that and we still we still have Chiron and retrograde and if you don't know what I'm talking about look up Chiron retrograde or you can go back to my previous episodes and hear when I talked about that the descriptions are are in the uh, streaming services where you can go listen you can catch me on Spotify Google Play uh, Apple Podcasts Stitcher Amazon the link is in the bio of a taste to consider podcast on Instagram. Also, check out U A N D U underscore network on Instagram as well as on Twitter. 
the links to every podcast under that umbrella is on there. So make sure you like, share. Um, when when you listen to the episode, make sure you download. Listen once you download, you listen to the episode. Then you can delete the episode from your phone. It's all on the streaming service. It's just a a click of a button. Um, not even button. Just you know, just hit hit your finger on the phone. Like you can download it. The download tab is right there on the streaming service. You can download it, hit the button, listen to it, and then after you finish, hit the button again, and it will be off your phone. It's that simple. No excuses. Shout out to everybody who shared the podcast, who actually listened to me from last episode. I appreciate you so much. And I reached out to you once you shared it on your stories and stuff. I reached out to you and and let you know how much I appreciate it. Continue to do that because I definitely do appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, back for another episode. Mm, I'm feeling good. Um, where do I start? Where do I start? Um, let me see. Let me look at the outline. Let me look at the outline. Mm. <laughs> What's funny, um this this week that just passed, I if if you into the to the astrology and stuff like that, and it's a lot of people, and I see it on uh social media and stuff, a lot of people uh are on the pattern, the pattern app. And the pattern app is a is an astrology app, and it you put in your information, your date of birth, the time that you was born, where you were born, and stuff like that. And it goes into your your uh, your natal chart and and the certain cycles that you're going through during certain periods of the month and weeks and stuff like that. And <laughs> what's funny was. I thought I took a screenshot of it, but like this week that just passed, like people who who uh who follow me and stuff and who know me or whatever know that I watch that the movie The Photograph like all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> I was um this week that just passed from Sunday to today. I have watched The Photograph as well as Love Jones every day this week. I ended my night watching (laughs) those two movies every day. And it was crazy because I was like, what the hell is going on with me that I keep watching these two movies? And like I said, the pattern app tells you what cycles you're in at this moment, personal cycles as well as... uh, world cycles, cycles that the world is in and stuff like that, certain energies that's out there, uh, ways you're thinking, certain uh, energies you're feeling and stuff like that. And I just so happened, like I think it was that Monday or Tuesday, I got an alert because the pattern app will send you alerts every day telling you what cycles you're in and what things to expect and stuff like that. So I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I got an alert from the pattern app saying that you know, uh, the cycle that I'm in right now is that I'm going to be focused on romantic relationships. <laughs> and I was like, and it didn't hit me at first when I was uh, watching the photograph and 
and love Jones, but I had to go back and think about it. I was like, why the hell am I keep watching? Why am I so caught up into watching the photograph and love Jones so much? And then I had to go back and look at the pattern app and so that that popped up and that's the cycle that I'm in right now because that's where my head has been. And I was just like, dang, because I've been like crazy watching those two movies every night before I go to bed. Excuse me. If you've been a listener, you know, because I pregame and I drink a lot of water, I got to take bathroom breaks. <laughs> so 20 minutes in, it's about that time. So let me take a bathroom break and I'm going to be back. Damn. And I'm back. Yeah, so the photograph, Love Jones. Two great love love movies. I'm not even going to say black love movies because they're great love movies. <laughs> and it was funny because when I first saw the photograph, I was like, damn, this is a good-ass movie. It had great music, a good uh, story to it and stuff. And then I was loving the chemistry between uh, Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. And I started questioning because for years, years, anybody knows me, they know how much I love Neil Long. So they know that Love Jones was the movie, was my movie. So I started questioning whether the photograph was better than Love Jones. But then I had to just tell myself, maybe I'm just, you know, romanticized with the moment. You know, the photograph being a new movie and it just came out and stuff like that. Something fresh and it's something new, different different actors you know what i'm saying because anybody know you watch black love movies it's always the same damn people recycled in them jones so just to have new faces was something different but then i started watching love jones again when it came on netflix so i watched love jones and i was like damn nah the photograph ain't better than love jones <laughs> it's up there but it ain't better than love jones <laughs> So, yeah, it's crazy because, like, I will watch them back to back. I will watch the photograph first, and then I will watch Netflix. I will be in the tasting room, lights off, had the LEDs around the the, the uh, TV on or whatever, had a nice vibe down here by myself watching the photograph and Love Jones. I love the movies. <laughs> so, yeah, um, It gave, it gave, watching the movies, you know, gave me a good feeling or whatever, even though it was moments in it where, you know, they they had uh, tension and they broke up and stuff like that. But it was still good moments and stuff like that. And, and you know, just giving me a good feeling overall inside and hope and stuff like that about love and stuff. So, yeah, two, two great uh, love movies. And I will be watching them tonight. <laughs> Before I go to bed. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I'm feeling good, though. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I hope everybody else out there is feeling good as well. Um, I've, I've just uh, talking about mentally and emotionally. I just talked about physically being consistent in the gym, discipline and stuff like that. My body right. But I... I told myself I got to be more disciplined and stuff. One thing about being a man and a, a black man, period, you have to have discipline and consistency and goals and stuff like that. 
you know, that it helps a lot to to stay centered, to stay balanced, and to to um to build your value and your worth and stuff like that. So I made it a priority to not only take care of my physical, um, but to focus on my mental and emotional as well. So I've been uh back consistently uh meditating meditating every day so, so um i haven't missed the day of meditation i made sure i carved out because there's no excuses i carved out 10 minutes a day to meditate there's no excuse so i've been on it 10 minutes a day every day meditating um i've been reading making sure i've been reading um i just finished a book that i was reading the way of the superior man uh, finished that yesterday, so I made sure I, I changed up my routine a little bit, and so I'll make when I when when it was time for me to read, I'll get up, get up off the couch, get up out the the tasting room and stuff like that. Go outside, sit on my front porch and stuff, and and read. Sit in the sun, um, get some fresh air and read. Get away from the TV. Get away from the normal, just sitting in the house since I since I'm still working at home and stuff like that, um, and read. So, just trying to change things up, be more disciplined, be more intentional with the things that I've been doing and stuff like that. So it's been it's been good for me, um, and uh, I'm just I'm feeling more um, inspired to to do more different things as far as being uh, consistent with and disciplining and just making different goals and stuff like that. I've been more inspired to write more. Um, I haven't wrote, I haven't written in my blog in a while. So I've actually been inspired to do that as well as to uh, continue writing my book. So that's a good thing. So, you know, um, yeah, just, just a reminder to everybody to switch up your routines and stuff like that. Do some things differently. Um, try to set goals for yourself because um, it, it does make a difference. It really does. So let's get to the topics. First topic. Uh, let me unlock my phone and pull this up. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis sparked controversy for not bathing their kids daily. While many families consider bath time to be an essential nightly routine, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis have revealed that washing is more sporadic in their household. They are parents of a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. Quote, if you can see the dirt on them, clean them, end quote, Kutcher said of his approach to bathing his kids. Quote, otherwise, there's no point, end quote. Kunis added that she, quote, wasn't that parent that bathed my newborns ever, end quote. Agreeing to an argument that soaping up every day can strip the body of its natural oils, much to the horror, quote, who taught you not to wash? The couple explained that they showered infrequently but do wash their vitals, armpits, and groin daily. Kunis also washed her face twice a day, while Kutcher noted that he'll splash water on his face after a workout. 
The couple's comments sent shockwaves online, kicking off a discourse about hygiene practices and countless memes at their family's expense. Yes, interesting. I'm sure everybody heard about this. I mean, because it was just everywhere. I mean, I didn't really want to talk about it, but it was just everywhere. I mean, because honestly, on black Twitter and black Instagram and stuff like that, this is not the first time we've seen stuff like this where you we've seen uh, white people talk about not cleaning themselves every day and stuff like that, or just getting in the shower and saying that, Oh well, the soap ran ran down my legs, so I don't need to wash my legs and stuff like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I really don't know what to say about this because honestly, I think um, I would hope that all of us would have the same view on this. Uh, <laughs> that clean cleaning and hygiene is very important. I mean, just uh, yeah, of course the body has natural oils and stuff and you don't want to strip them of that but it's all about uh what products you're using that you know entails into stripping your natural body oils and stuff like that but when it comes down to it not cleaning and having dirty pores and and stuff like that and removing dead skin and and stuff like that that is that's trifling (laughs) like this is something that's important. You have to keep proper hygiene. And then you have to question, even if, if they say that they, they clean their growing, their growing area and their armpits, are they really cleaning it well if they already have this mindset that is not important to clean every day? And then also just giving your kids the foundation of keeping proper hygiene, you should want to do. But... I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can go on and on, but hey, whatever they want to do. That's all I know is I shower daily. Sometimes I shower two to three times a day, depending on how often I work out during the day. If I'm doing two a days or if I use the bathroom and I feel the need that, oh, I'm feeling dirty right now. So let me go jump in the shower real quick and clean my ass. <laughs> <laughs> man Whew. make sure you uh check out a taste to consider.com i got my my therapy and heel shirts up there and also the signature a taste to consider shirts as well um i said i was going to be dropping a new color but i didn't do it this week but i will be putting that up um, this upcoming week so just be on the lookout for that and hopefully I'm able to introduce a new product depending on the uh, inventory so yeah make sure you check out a taste to consider.com and um, appreciation to everybody who has ordered something so far um, I appreciate you definitely so moving along Let me pull up the rest of these topics. Simone Biles. Simone Biles, the uh, Olympic gold medalist gymnast. Um, Of course, the 2021 
summer games is going on right now. I haven't been watching them at all because of the time difference, so I just ain't been paying attention, honestly. But Simone Biles made a big splash and and withdrawing from the team competition of the gymnastics final. Uh, the USA team ended up winning silver. Um, of course, if Simone Biles would have been in it, they would have won gold. But she decided not to um, perform. And this is a quote from her. For anyone saying I quit, I didn't quit. My mind and body are simply not in sync. I don't think you realize how dangerous this is on a hard competition surface, nor do I have to explain why I put health first. Physical health is mental health. And I honestly wasn't going to talk about this. Um, I was just going to shout her out for, you know, her taking the stand and putting her mental health first. But after saying that quote, I think it's important for me to say that um, just like I mentioned at the start of the show, your mental health is just important, if not more important. I'm going to say it's more important than your physical health because everything starts from the mental. If your mind is, isn't right, how can your body perform right? I mean, I talk about this all the time when it comes to relationships. If your mind isn't right, your relationship isn't going to be right. If your mind isn't right with yourself, your relationships with other people ain't going to be be right, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I can go on and on and on about this. But I think one thing about our society is that we don't put mental health in the forefront enough. We don't make it a priority. We don't make it make it important. And the conspiracy or controversial mind that I have is other reasons for that. But besides that, like I said, everything starts from the mental. And with gymnastics, that is an extreme sport. That is different, totally different from playing basketball and stuff like that. These gymnasts put their lives on the line doing these these extreme jumps, flips, all that stuff that they do. That is extreme. It's extreme because if if your mind isn't right and you make the wrong move, you can be paralyzed, die, break something, whatever. And we already know Simone Biles has proved herself enough by winning gold in the world games with broken bones in her feet and stuff like that. She doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. But what I think is telling is how selfish um, people are, particularly, you know, the people who are complaining about her not performing and stuff like that. And they're so selfish because that's all they're thinking about is is being attached to, to the USA team winning the gold as opposed to her mind being right or her health being, being right. You know what I'm saying? And that's the same thing with uh, last episode when I was talking about the NFL and how certain players aren't getting vaccinated and stuff like that and how they're trying to drive this wedge between unvaccinated players and vaccinated players. And then you have all these fans out here that's complaining and stuff like that and, and getting on the players who aren't vaccinated and talking about something where you you putting wins on the line and stuff like that. You should be more uh, sympathetic to your teammates. 
because if you get COVID or you're in the COVID protocol and stuff like that, then the team got to forfeit a game. It's, it's some bullshit. Like, it's just crazy how hypocritical society is when it comes to certain things like this because we all experience similar situations in our lives and we don't like certain people coming at us with certain things but then we do it to somebody else when it's when it's benefiting us or when it's not benefiting us so this is all bullshit that's why i be saying like we are all full of shit we are all full of shit we are all hypocritical and stuff like that like I can care less. I'm a Washington football team fan, and the Washington football team is the lowest-rated vaccinated team in the NFL. And I can care less if they have to forfeit a game. It's your choice of what you want to do, and that's just what it is. I'm not tripping off of no football games or nothing like that, but people are just selfish, and they're, they're greedy, and they're entitled. So fuck them. Shout-out to Simone Biles and everybody else who is putting their mental health first. It don't matter if you're a superstar or entertainer or whatever. If you don't feel like going to your nine to five today or feel like dealing with certain situations, put your mental health first. Simple as that. <sighs> Moving along. Do I want to go to the movie and TV reviews or do I want to do Blackity Black Woke segment? I think I'm going to go to Blackity Black Woke segment because I got a lot of stuff for the Blackity Black Woke segment. I didn't necessarily put it in order like I normally do because it's just so much stuff and it all ties in together. So I'm just going to roll with it and y'all bear with me. All right. Let me see. Fauci says CDC recommending that fully vaccinated Americans wear masks in public is under active consideration. This was early in the week. Moving along. COVID spreading fast in well-vaccinated California counties. This was earlier in the week. Moving along. Unvaccinated. This was from Vice President. Kamala Harris. Unvaccinated people account for virtually all COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. right now. Get vaccinated. Urge your family members, your friends, and your neighbors to get vaccinated. That was early in the week. The CDC recommends that vaccinated people in some locations and in K-12 through schools wear masks indoors. Remember, I was talking about the NFL. Here's, an, here's another highlight. The Colts announced that Coach Frank Wright, who is fully vaccinated, tested positive for COVID-19 and is quarantined. He has no symptoms. Back to the last one. The CDC recommends that vaccinated people in some school lo in some locations and in K-12 schools wear masks indoors. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention updated its mask guidance on Tuesday to recommend that people who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 resume wearing masks indoors in parts of the country with high levels of the virus. The public health agency also advised everyone in K-12 schools to wear masks regardless of vaccination status. What you need to know. The Delta variant is highly transmissible, 
and COVID-19 cases are rising, according to the CDC. The CDC says masks reduce the spread of COVID-19. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective for people 12 and up, but, quote, breakthrough, end quote, infections are possible, health experts say. The CDC continues to advise that unvaccinated people wear masks and follow social distancing protocols. Now, what's important is right now is the term breakthrough. Breakthrough. They're using a term that most people won't catch on to. Breakthrough means that despite being vaccinated, you can still get the COVID-19 virus as well as this new variant. So remember the term breakthrough because they're using that term a lot without going into explaining what it is. CDC reverses course. New guidance says people should wear masks indoors even if you're vaccinated. The CDC also urges indoor masks for all teachers, staff, students, and visitors to all schools regardless of vaccination status. And that was later on in the week. I think it was like midweek. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky is now saying that, quote, new data, end quote, shows breakthrough cases in vaccinated individuals can spread as much as an unvaccinated person. Let me read that again. Quote, new data, end quote, shows breakthrough cases in vaccinated individuals can spread as much virus as an unvaccinated person. The CDC has now changed course yet again and is now calling for fully vaccinated Americans to wear masks indoors in places with, quote, substantial or high, end quote, transmission, including, quote, universal masking, end quote, in schools. All right. New data suggests that fully vaccinated individuals are not just contracting COVID, but could be carrying higher levels of virus than previously understood. Excuse me. Facilitating spread. Facilitating spread. Facilitating spread. Once again, see, they was using this divide and conquer tactic against vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Despite all this new information coming out, they're still using this tactic. And I'm going to come to that in a few. Just then, in a major change, California recommends everyone wear masks indoors again, regardless of vaccination status. Just then, Pfizer now sees $33.5 billion in 2021 vaccine sales, up from $26 billion, and says a third dose of its COVID-19 shot, quote, strongly, end quote, boosts protection against the Delta variant. Interesting. And let me play this clip real quick. 
why is this happening to them? I mean, this is a situation created by the high numbers of people still unvaccinated in this country. Is that a fair statement? This is a situation that is created by more and more transmission of the Delta virus among people who are unvaccinated. This is not about who needs to take responsibility. That is that is not really why um, we put this guidance out. We put this guidance out because the science Mm -hmm. demonstrates that if you are vaccinated, you could potentially give disease to someone else. And that was what was the motivation for this. Uh, And that was Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director on CNN. They're not trying to take responsibility. They're still trying to push it on unvaccinated people. But moving along. Let me play let me play this other clip first uh, before I go along. Let me see. This is from y'all president, President Biden. Let me play this clip. Why not um, push for vaccine mandates in states, private companies, schools? Do you want to see those entities pass vaccine mandates? Well, I, I'd like to see them continue to move in that direction. And that's why I'm, I pointed out. I had asked the Justice Department to determine whether that is they're able to do that legally. And they can. Local communities can do that. Local businesses can do that. It's still a question whether the federal government can mandate the whole country. I don't know that yet. So, this week, what has come out is that Biden has been, I want to say threatening, but that may not resonate with everybody, but he's been coming out saying that he's going to have, the federal government is going to mandate all federal workers as well as contractors and stuff to uh, mandate that you get the va- the the vaccine. And if not, if you don't get the vaccine, you have to get tested every week and and stuff like that. So moving along, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has issued a new executive order requiring everyone to wear a mask while indoors in a public place that includes private businesses as well. What's interesting about what Biden said is he knows the go- the federal government can't mandate it. So that's why he's trying to put out all this language and stuff and why he's trying to him as well as other people, CDC director and stuff, is still trying to push this narrative of unvaccinated people is the cause for all of this. But all of the information that's been coming out this week is that the actual vaccinated people is the ones who are actually spreading this Delta variant. But let me keep going. New York City to offer people $100 to get vaccinated. Just then, D.C. will require masks indoors for all people over two starting Saturday, regardless of vaccination status. Let me see. The CDC quietly changed its guidance to say even vaccinated people should get tested if they've been exposed to COVID-19. And that was an article from Yahoo.com. And let me pull that up and read a little bit from that. Um, It says, until Tuesday, the CDC maintained that fully vaccinated people did not need to get tested for COVID-19 unless they develop symptoms. 
But new data shows vaccinated people may be able to transmit the Delta variant just as well as the unvaccinated. The CDC is now urging anyone who's been in close contact with someone who has COVID-19 to get tested three to five days later so they don't put others at risk. A new set of guidelines released by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention on Tuesday changes the coronavirus testing protocol for fully vaccinated people in the U.S., The CDC now recommends that vaccinated people who have been exposed to COVID-19 get tested for the virus, even if they don't have symptoms. Previously, the agency maintained that fully vaccinated people didn't need to get tested for COVID-19 unless they developed telltale signs of infection, like a cough, sore throat, or fever. Quote, we don't see any reason to currently test for those who are asymptomatic. End quote, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said during the White House coronavirus briefing on July 8th. But that was before the CDC divulged new findings this week showing that vaccinated people may be able to transmit the Delta variant just as well as the unvaccinated. Quote, some vaccinated people infected with the Delta variant after vaccination may be contagious and spread the virus to others. End quote. Walensky said Tuesday afternoon on a press call. Quote. This new science is worrisome and unfortunately warrants an update to our recommendations, end quote. Fully vaccinated people are also being asked to put their masks back on indoors in areas of the country where COVID-19 cases are high. Yeah. Okay, let me go back. President Biden calls on states to pay people $100 to get the COVID jab. Quote, I know that paying people to get vaccinated might sound unfair to folks who've gotten vaccinated already, but here's the deal. If incentives help us beat this virus, I believe we should use them, end quote. I guess the donuts and stuff just didn't work. But what's interesting is he's trying to make it seem like he's trying, they still playing this game against the unvaccinated and vaccinated people as if we didn't have a whole bill, a whole COVID bill that, allocated this money for this. Biden directs Department of Defense to, quote, look into how and when they will add COVID-19 vaccination to the list of required vaccinations for members of the military, end quote. And it's interesting, this one right here, because the military people have been saying, fuck no, I'm not getting vaccinated. It's been all over the Internet. They said no. I'm not getting vaccinated. (laughs) President Biden urges states and local governments to use American Rescue Plan funds. What I just say, we had a whole plan for this. Funds to offer residents $100 to get vaccine. Biden calls for school districts nationwide to host pop-up vaccination clinics in an effort to get more kids 12 and older vaccinated. And there's been a couple of states that came out uh, yesterday and today saying that they're not going to mandate nobody wear mask. And I, and I believe it was Texas and some other state. I forgot the other state, but not surprising. <laughs> President Biden urges states and local governments to use. Oh, I already read that. Um, let me see. All right. President Biden urges states and local governments to use American Rescue Plan funds to offer residents $100 to get vaccinated. Okay, here we go. Biden orders all federal workers to be vaccinated 
or wear a mask on the job, physically distance from all other employees and visitors, comply with a weekly or twice weekly screening testing requirement, and be subject to restrictions on travel. Let's go into the Delta variant more. It says the, the Delta variant, Delta is different from previous strains. It's highly contagious. This is from the CDC. Likely more severe breakthrough. Breakthrough infections may be as transmissible as unvaccinated cases. Remember what I said about breakthrough, the term breakthrough. So that is particularly, instead of them saying vaccinated people or vaccinated cases they're saying breakthrough infections this is how they're trying to mask their errors breakthrough infections may be as transmissible as unvaccinated cases (laughs) breaking new york times quote the delta variant is as contagious as chicken pox and may be spread by vaccinated people as easily as the unvaccinated, an internal CDC report says. Remember when we had the chick? Well, I'm old enough to remember. Anybody who was born in the 80s and stuff, you can remember chicken pox and stuff like that. I know now they have a vaccine for chicken pox, but we ain't have to go through all this stuff with chicken pox. We ain't have to wear masks and stuff like this. Like, I remember like a, a lot of a lot of people now won't even remember chicken pox. Like people who were born in maybe the nineties or mid late nineties or whatever won't even know anything about no chicken pox. But I remember chicken pox. I remember chicken pox to the point where parents used to try to force the chicken pox on their kids, putting them in rooms with other kids who had chicken pox and stuff like that so they can get it over with because if you got chicken pox if you were older it was real bad or whatever and I remember my mother trying to get me to get the chicken pox putting me in rooms with my cousins spending the night over the house and stuff like that I didn't get the chicken pox until I was in eighth grade and I believe I was like 12 or 13 depending on what month it was (laughs) And I remember when I got the chicken, when I finally got the chicken pox because I was blown about getting the chicken pox because (laughs) I was supposed to have went on a trip to Philadelphia. It was a school trip I was supposed to have gone on, but I got the chicken pox because a kid came to school with chicken pox. He just had, it was either he or she, I don't remember, but they just had finished having the chicken pox, but they came to school. And I remember being at the lunch table with them. And I remember uh, we was all asking them why they had all those spots on their arm and stuff like that. And they said they, they just had the chicken pox. And then all of a sudden, I had the chicken pox. Boom. Eighth grade, like I said, I was either 12 or 13, depending on what the month was, because I got a late birthday. And <laughs> I had the chicken pox bad. I mean, like, it was all... It wasn't bad like I was suffering, but it was bad because I had it all over my body. And when I say all over my body, I mean all over my body. You see the emphasis in the all, like the emphasis in the tongue. (laughs) 
all, <laughs> all over my body. So I remember having the chicken pox, and I missed the, the school trip or whatever. And I remember my mom, she bought me all the Aveeno stuff or whatever, the the bath wash, the soap, and all that other stuff. You know, that the Vino had the oatmeal and all that for the itching and and all that, all that good stuff. So I remember um, one one night I was in my room and I was itching real bad from the chicken pox, right? So I was using the Aveeno spray and I was spraying it on on the parts that was itching. So like I said, I had the chicken pox all over my body <laughs> so i had the chicken pox over my all over my body i had the chicken pox on my balls <laughs> so i had the aveno spray i sprayed i was spraying the aveno spray on the parts that was itching i sprayed it on my balls like a minute later started burning fire like it was the worst pain that I ever felt at that point in time so I remember I was like jumping up and down or whatever like up and down my feet and I ran down the hallway <laughs> to my mom's room and she was in the room watching tv and I said mama it was so painful that I didn't change any words I said mom mama my balls are burning <laughs> She was like, boy, go wash it off. <laughs> so I went in the I went in the bathroom and got a, a rag and uh put water on it and uh you know put it on my balls or whatever and started getting relief. But yeah, that was a crazy, crazy moment. Um that was a interesting moment. <laughs> but what's funny about uh that time as well was uh like I said, I had the chicken pox and I missed the trip and I had to stay home. I had it so bad. I was at home for probably a good week. And my mom, you know, uh, she bought me like food and stuff like that. And so I can be comfortable at home by myself until, you know, she get off work. And I was thinking about this the other day when I was just going through the, the episode and and thinking about this story. And I was like, my mom bought me, you know, food and all that other stuff. And she also bought me a tape because at that time it was still VH VHS tapes. She bought me a VHS tape. I was 12 years old. She bought me a VHS tape of Jason Lurks. And if anybody has seen Jason Lurks, you know a 12-year-old shouldn't be watching. <laughs> so she bought me the Jason Lurks VHS tape. So I was sitting there watching Jason Lurks at home and stuff. <laughs> crazy but um vaccination alone won't stop the rise of variants and in fact could push the evolution of strains that evade their protection researchers warn they said people need to wear masks and take other preventative steps until almost everyone is vaccinated that's not making sense that that shit didn't even make sense but moving along Vaccinated people made up three quarters of those infected in a massive Massachusetts COVID-19 outbreak. Pivotal CDC study finds. You see a trend here, right? Just then, 35,000 vaccinated persons per week catch COVID. This was on CNN. 
not CNN, CBS Evening News. The source, CDC. Let me read that again. 35,000 vaccinated persons per week catch COVID. Moving along. CDC study shows 74% of people infected in Massachusetts COVID outbreak were fully vaccinated. 74%. But remember what Kamala Harris said, right? Remember. Disney and Walmart have announced that they are requiring employees to be vaccinated. I feel like a lot of people are about to quit. And then with that story also on the Walmart side, they're only mandating or requiring excuse me, employees that aren't part of the union to be vaccinated. So we got all this information right now that's come out in the past week about this virus the COVID-19 virus and this new Delta variant. And let me read something else. Let me pull this up. What's interesting about the Delta variant is in the process of doing research for the show and stuff like that, there isn't a test. Like there, like we have a test for the COVID-19 virus, right? There isn't a test for the Delta variant. So how are they coming up with people actually catching the Delta variant? Right? And you can look this up. There isn't a test for the Delta variant. But for some reason, they know when people have the Delta variant. How is that possible? I don't know what to say. <laughs> it says people are being diagnosed with Delta variant, even though there is no Delta variant test. Large scale testing, not individual testing, tells when Delta variant causes COVID-19. Routine tests that determine whether an individual has COVID-19 do not reveal whether the disease was caused by the Delta variant. Mass testing of national COVID-19 sample does. Hmm. Public health experts say that the Delta variant of the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus appears to be twice as contagious as the original coronavirus and has become the dominant strain in the United States. So, is this a scare tactic or is this really true? I'm just I'm just I'm just putting it out there. I don't know. Because it seems like if they can't individually test for the Delta variant, but they're saying it's due to mass testing, is there really a Delta variant or is they or are they using this as a scare tactic to push people to get vaccinated? Yeah. <laughs> Moving along. This next topic is is I I guess you can say is relevant to the COVID vaccinations. 
Ben Crump sues Johnson & Johnson over, quote, cancerous, end quote, talcum powder targeted, targeted at black women. I thought I would add that in there because Johnson & Johnson is has the vaccine and they've been having some they've been having issues with their vaccine as well as other products that they've been having they've had over the years. I mean, this isn't anything new. You can actually go on the internet and look this up and see how Johnson & Johnson has had plenty of issues with their products because it has caused issues for people and they've had several lawsuits several lawsuits filed against them. So that was the blackity black woke segment for today. I don't really need to do much talking about it. I mean, I, if you're smart enough, if you're open-minded enough, you will see where all of that is going. <laughs> Let's move on to the movie and TV reviews. Movie and TV reviews. Uh, lighten it up a little bit. So, other than me just watching the photograph and Love Jones, I I did watch some other stuff this week. <laughs> um, on Netflix, I watched a movie called The Devil Below. It was a good movie. Um, let me read the description of it. It says, when a team of researchers tries to find out what started a fire in a coal mine, they quickly discover that the disaster is everything but natural. It's considered a horror movie, but I didn't think it was horror. I mean, horror is not a traditional horror movie in my eyes, and it wasn't anything that scared me. But it was a good movie. It was on Netflix. It's called The Devil Below. It's a hour and 28 minutes. It came out this year. Um... I thought it was a good movie, so check it out. No, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Check it out. Um, another thing that I watched on Netflix, um, y'all know I'm in the documentary, so I watched this docu-series. And this one, um, this one was about a lady that, um, it was in, what country was this in? I forgot what country it was in, but it's called Eliza Matsunaga. Oh, I, I probably tore her last name up. Once Upon a Crime. But it was about this lady who uh, killed her husband. And it documents um, her going, you know, how she killed her husband, her reasons why, going through the trial and stuff like that, and the controversy around it, and how their uh penal system or their justice system does things totally different than they do in the US. I'm not going to give no spoilers, but one thing that was interesting about their justice system was where they were. I I forgot where they were. It was it was somewhere I, I think it was Brazil, if I'm not sure, one of the uh Latin American Latin American um areas. And in that in that area, they allow the people who are jailed to get out like for a week or so to get and what they what they described it as is they like the they want their inmates to get reacclimated to being free before they are actually free. 
So it was a good documentary and just the the weirdness around the whole story of how she killed her husband and why and stuff like that. So it was good. It's not in it's not in the foreign foreign language, so it's easy to watch. Uh, another movie that I watched yesterday on Netflix, it came out this year, it's called Blood Red Sky. And I, I heard a lot of people talk about it on Twitter, how good it was. And it was already on my list, so I decided to watch it before the show. And this movie is is a German movie, but it's an action and adventure movie. And there's no, there's no German language in it, it's, it's, it's English. But it's it's the little voiceover jumps. So just keep that in mind. But it was a good movie. It was two hours and three minutes. And it was actually a good movie. And not to give any spoilers away, it got it got vampires in it. So just to keep that in mind, if you don't like watching vampire movies or stuff like that. So it got that feel to it, the the uh kind of like the Walking Dead type stuff or the the Blade movies and stuff like that. So it got had good action in it and stuff like that. But I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a one one point one disclaimer about the movie. Just just remember this if you watch it. The little boy in the movie is gonna piss you off. <laughs> just remember that the little boy in the movie is gonna piss you off. <laughs> so those are the things that I watched on uh Netflix. Um what else? What else did I wanna mention? Um oh yeah. I sort of uh I saw the previews for that for that new movie that Will Smith is in. Uh the Richard Williams movie where it highlights Richard Williams and how he went through getting uh Serena and Venus where they are now. And it was when I watched the trailer, it was just something off about it. It was just something real off about it. Like Will Smith is a great actor and I love watching his movies and stuff, but I just don't think this role was this role was for Will Smith. Because I've seen Richard Williams speak and stuff in interviews and stuff like that. Richard Williams is a tough, no nonsense type of person. And y'all know Will Smith, he comes off more charismatic and more funny and goofy and stuff like that. And that's what I was getting from the trailer. Like it the trailer didn't convince me at all. And I just felt like they could have got a more serious, serious, serious presence actor to do it. And I don't want to just come off and say Denzel, but somebody just had a more striking and stronger presence than Will Smith. But that's just my two cents on that. <laughs> I know I, I saw I saw mixed mixed reviews about the trailer online, but. Um, I took myself uh, on a cheap date uh, this week, Tuesday. On Tuesdays, AMC, they do discount discount movie tickets. So I went to go see the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old. And I was skeptical at first because I've seen a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies, and some of them jumps would just piss you off based off of how it ends or and stuff like that. So I was just like, I was I was concerned. But I was like, I'm gonna do something, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do something to get out the house during the week or whatever. And that was the only movie that kind of interested me. 
So, I went to see the movie, and even when I was reading the reviews before, I like, I bought the ticket at the last minute. The show, the movie started at 8.15. I didn't buy the ticket until like 8.10. The movie theater is right up the street from me, so it didn't matter. But still, I was going through reading reviews and stuff like that, and I usually don't go off of people, other people's reviews, but I do take them into account. So I kept seeing like reviews and stuff, and people wasn't really feeling it like that. Majority of the people wasn't feeling it like that. So I was just like, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see it." Because in the midst of reading the reviews, even though the reviews wasn't up to par, people were still saying it was a good message in the movie. So I was interested to see what the message was. So the movie is called Old. And if you've seen the previews, you know that um, people, some people are on the island or on an island and they're getting old. And based off the previews, they're getting old faster than, than normal. So I thought the movie was good. I honestly did. I thought the movie was good because of the message, the message in the movie. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I will talk about the message. Hold on. Let me get this mic straight. Don't trip. Yeah. Um, I thought the movie was, was good because of the message. And the message of the movie basically was... And it's not giving away any spoilers to the movie. The movie is supposed to be like thriller. I don't know if it was considered horror, but it's supposed to be like thriller or whatever. And it had its thrilling moments into it. In it, um, Nothing didn't scare me. But it had its thrilling moments to it and stuff like that. I, I honestly laughed a lot during the movie because just because of how my mind worked. And I was just like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And oh, that doesn't surprise me that that happened and stuff like that. So... The movie was good, but the message about the movie was that, you know, in life and just in your relationships and stuff like that, petty shit don't matter. Like the shit that you argue about, the stuff that you're tense about, the stuff that you're stressing about and stuff like that doesn't matter. You're taking away a lot of time putting focus on those worries, those anxieties, the things that you you don't have, the things that you you wish you had and stuff like that. You're wasting a lot of time with the actual with your life and the the people that you're sharing your life with, focusing on those things. I thought that was a great message. It put some things in perspective for me. And it also showed something else in the movie. That was interestingly uh the same as all the stuff going on in the world with the COVID stuff and the conspiracies around them te- them using an experimental vaccine that hasn't been um, approved by the FDA on humans. And if you go see the movie, you'll understand what I'm talking about with experimentation and lying to people and using people as guinea pigs. 
So it was two messages in the movie. But I thought overall the movie was good and it put some things in perspective for me to not take certain things for granted and not to hold on to to certain things and not to worry and stress over things so much and just enjoy people. And just stuff that I've talked about lately in the past couple of episodes about just enjoying relationships and cultivating them and not being so focused on what everybody else is doing or what society says you should be doing and stuff like that. So it had a good message to the movie. And it was a good movie. It definitely was a good movie. So I do recommend uh, people to go see it if they feel as though they should. So last thing in the uh, movie and TV review. So Raising Canaan show has came out, uh, the new power um what the new power edition i think is what power three edition of the power series raising canaan and i came across this tweet that i thought was interesting it says raising canaan is cool but damn how many more black drug dealer shows do we need and then the worst image shows get renewed yearly meanwhile shows like the underground the watchman lovecraft country etc get dropped one excuse me one season after getting great ratings and i thought that tweet was interesting because i do i have been enjoying raising canaan so far and yeah it's the it's the typical drug movie and stuff like that it's not a true story or anything but it's it's the typical drug movie and stuff like that and yeah, I do agree with about the Lovecraft Country and the Watchmen. I thought those were two great shows that did put a lot of gems in it um, when it comes to black people on the occult side, the spiritual side, and just the empowerment side of of things. So yeah, I do agree with all that. But Raising Canaan is a good show so far. So uh, it was another tweet in reference to that said. Um, hey, it's like music. If people keep buying it, they will keep producing it. Same with movies. How many superhero movies series series do we need? I agree with that, and then I don't agree with that. Because just like the previous tweet said, Lovecraft Country and The Watchmen got great ratings, and they still canceled it. <laughs> so it's like you have to almost question, is there an, is there a an agenda behind Hollywood saying as though we need to pump the this this negative these negative images out to black people and not the 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 other shows or movies that actually empower them and stuff. And just like with slave movies and stuff, they always produce slave movies and civil rights movies and stuff like that. And it's kind of like keeping us in this in this in this box or this shell of victimization and stuff like that. Or even the movies where you have a white person saving a black person or helping them throughout their life and stuff. It's like this narrative or this agenda that's going on. So I don't even think, I think, yeah, to a degree, yeah, us supporting it plays a role in it. But at the same time, they're going to do what they want to do. Because even if we support the good stuff, they still going to cancel it just like it's nothing. So, I mean, what do we do? That's the end of the uh, movie and TV reviews. Um, Let me see where I'm at. Uh, 
But Raising Kane is still, yeah, it still is a good show. The Watchmen was a great show, and Lovecraft Country was a great show as well. So if you haven't already seen those, even though they're canceled, though the though the first the first season seasons of those shows are definitely worth still watching. Uh, speaking of TV, Issa Rae. Issa Rae, according to social media, just popped up and was married. And social media just went crazy about it. And let me go through and read some of the things that, you know, uh, people were, were saying about it. Issa Rae is trending after revealing she recently got married. Now I'm going to read some of the responses to that. Um, it says, Issa, actor Issa, Issa Rae and businessman Louis Diami get married in an intimate ceremony over the weekend in the south of France. Issa Rae is the definition of... These are responses. Issa Rae is the definition of staying low-key, then popping out when the time is right. Issa Rae said, private until permanent. I know that's right. Issa Rae really wrapped up her Emmy-nominated series, flew to Miami to star production on her next show, then got married, and summer isn't even over yet. What an icon. I aspire to Issa Rae's level of privacy, minding her business and rejecting celebrity culture. OMG, too happy for her. What an icon. Issa Rae quietly got married in the south of France with a small group of friends and family when we ain't even know she was in a relationship. That's how you keep to yourself and keep your business private. Issa Rae dated in private and popped up married. So wonderfully charming. Yeah, so... There's some things that people were saying on social media. But what's interesting is the majority of what people were saying is that she just popped up married and nobody knew she was in a relationship. And I just kept squinching my face. I was like, I've been knew she was in a relationship. So this wasn't even surprising to me. She talked about this. She talked about she was in a relationship in a magazine interview like, a year or two ago. So I wasn't surprised at all. And it's just funny how people would just people were just such followers and they just run with run with this this trend or this narrative of things. And it's just it's just so weird to me. It's just so weird to me that people was jumping on this like that. Here's something else. Did Issa Rae really move in silence or are we not used to people? not hinging their entire existence and career on their life partners in a hyper-digital world where everyone feels entitled to know everyone's everything. And I totally agree with that. It's like people jumping up with this, oh, she did it in private, private and so permanent, all this other bullshit. And I'm just like, shut up. Because these are the same people who was saying Last week before Issa Rae came out is I need well I need I need everybody to know that I'm in a relationship or like that. Well if you ain't letting me post you then something wrong and all this other type bullshit. Like people are such followers, man. People be just doing some crazy ass shit. <laughs> people don't even be consistent with their bullshit. Here's something else I read. It says normalize public relationships that are still private. 
I'm not really with this new trend of keeping relationships, quote unquote, secret. Who you're in a relationship with doesn't need to be a secret. Your relationship with that person just needs to be private. There's a difference. Okay, let's talk about this private versus secret. Yeah, it's a difference in the definition. But I think the problem is people are still projecting their insecurities and stuff on this issue. You can be in a relationship and it be secret and private to social media. But when it comes down to it, as long as the important people know that you're in a relationship, what the hell does it matter who else need who else knows? Like people are just so focused on this this validation from other people and social media that they make they cause issues within a relationship or within their lives because they're just seeking so much validation because of their insecurities and stuff. I can be in a relationship all day as long as the people who I care about know, that's all that matters because those are the people that matter. And when it really comes down to it, you might say, well, as long as my, my mom and dad know, my brother, sister know, or whatever, then that's cool. But then at times you don't even want them to know because they just it's just as toxic, if not more toxic than the people who's on social media or your friends. So it's, it's like stop letting people define how you move and you live your life or you you go through your relationships. Stop this this valid this this trying to get validation from other people or to push this this uh these highlight reels on social media and stuff or or gloat in front of friends and stuff like that for other people like that shows a highly a high case of insecurity it's a lot of people who 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 are so insecure that they live to look good for other people they always talking about the things that they they uh they they got going on or doing and stuff and it it's a difference just like private and secret is a difference it's a difference between being confident and being just a insecure arrogant narcissistic whatever the whole point is live for yourself who cares about social media people that you don't even hang out with people that you don't even see nothing <laughs> like i just don't understand <laughs> granted i ain't even gonna fake i ain't even gonna front i have moments of trying to get validation from people and stuff like that i mean shoot that's pretty much what i dealt with all of my life that's that's pretty much what i work on in therapy so that's how i how i i feel that i'm able to even speak on it the way that i am because i know i've been there before and it just it just made things worse. It just made things worse trying to get validation from other people based off of things in your life, clothes you wear, people you hang out with, trips you go on, if I'm married or if I have a, a kid or or whatever. People are too focused on what other people think. 
social media is a social media is 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 it has its good things, but I feel like it's is it has more bad things because social media disconnects people from who they really are, who they really should be. And it it connects more to your ego. It's it's all about trying to feed your ego or to build your ego. Let me play this clip real quick. Turn it off. That's what I would say. It's 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 hard for young people now because they're hooked. They're addicted. If you don't think you're addicted, and I'm talking about anyone, from the highest to the lowest, if you don't think you're addicted, then see if you can turn it off for a week. Got quiet in here, didn't it? Didn't it get real quiet? It's a tool, so we should use it. God has blessed us with free will. Now it's free will magnified, free will on steroids. You're free to go in any direction you want. It will allow you, and it's not the enemy. It's just a it's it's just a reflection of our own free will. Oh, and and we all want to be liked, but now we want to be liked by 16 million. And will now some of us do anything to be liked? We, we used to do anything to be liked, but it was the, by the person in front of you. Now it's to be liked by 16 million people that you don't know. We have to ask ourselves, what is the long-term, if not too, the short-term effect of too much information? That was Denzel Washington speaking on social media. And like he said, social media is a reflection of the shit that you're going through, just just like money, just like social media exacerbates your mental health, where you at mentally. Think about all the times that you posted a picture just to see if you can if you would get a like from a certain person or how many likes you can get. You posted a picture of you in a nice outfit or on a trip or something like that or what restaurant you was at. And you wanted to get a certain likes. And if you didn't get it, I've seen this. I've seen people post pictures one minute and then all of a sudden the picture gone and then they post it again later on because I guess because they didn't get enough likes then I mean like you can actually look look this up where it talks about um, the certain time where you should post pictures on social media to get the most likes or whatever or to get the most reach for your your posts so this is actually a thing like social media is not good for mental health because it only exacerbates what you're going through mentally. And this is speaking from experience. I, I mean, I know this. Just think about the, the plenty of times that you've been out at an event or you with your family or something like that or on a trip or whatever. Just think about the unconscious amount of times that you actually picked up your phone and looked at it after you posted a picture. Or even when you didn't post a picture, you just wanted to see what somebody else was doing. And then you get to the point where you're comparing yourself to other people, you're envious, you're jealous. I take random social media breaks where I just don't go on there. I'll just post my show and I don't go on there 
to look at what everybody else doing or I like stuff. Because there's been times where I've actually been sitting and sitting late at night watching the photograph or Love Jones and unconsciously picking up my phone. It's the same thing with, just like you said, it's an addiction. Just like it's an addiction when people just sitting around watching TV or something or they're quote unquote bored and they just start eating. It's an addiction. That's why I was talked about early in the show. It's important for me. I had to get into routine and make goals for other things to start reading, meditation, getting in the gym, getting back into my writing and stuff like that. Purposeful, intentional things that are absolutely who I am and who I should be as a person. Because sitting around, watching TV, sitting around, picking up my phone, going through Twitter, going through Instagram, was taken away from me, taken away from my mental health. So we just got to be, you know, cognizant of that. You know, I'm not sitting here being judgy because I do it too. Like I said, I'd be sitting here unconsciously picking up my phone and going on Twitter. And I'd be having to tell Dirk, put your phone down. I actually told myself that plenty of times. Put your phone down. You tripping. So that's why it's just easier for me not to distract myself, but to be more intentional and purposeful in doing other things that are good for my mental health, good for my physical health, good for my emotional health. Doing shit that I ain't never done before. Or like going to the movies. When I went to the movies, I ain't pick up my phone at one time. Excuse me. When I was outside reading my book, didn't pick up my phone until I finished reading a chapter or something. When I was taking a break. Working out. The only time I pick up my phone is when I change the song or put on my uh, my timer in between sets. Not getting on social media. But just sitting around, y'all get the point. Let me move on. Uh, let me see. So weedy. So weedy. So weedy has a new deal with McDonald's. When she's coming out with her own meals. Let me read the article from it. Because I didn't really read it. I just saw the picture of it. But let me see. It says, McDonald's next celebrity collaboration, the Saweetie Meal, launches August 9th at restaurants nationwide. Hip-hop artist Saweetie chats with USA Today's Anika Reed about her upcoming debut album and recent success in music after graduating from USC. McDonald's is teaming up with hip-hop artist Saweetie for his next celebrity menu collaboration. The fast food chain announced Thursday that the Saweetie Meal will arrive at participating restaurants nationwide starting August 9th. It includes a Big Mac, four-piece chicken McNuggets, medium fries, medium Sprite, tangy barbecue sauce, and sweet Saweetie and sour sauce. McDonald's said it renamed its sweet and sour sauce for the new meal. Uh, the chain has successfully launched similar limited edition celebrity meals with South Korean pop band BTS. Uh, quote, McDonald's and I run deep from growing up back in Hayward, California, all through my college days. So I had to bring my icy gang in on my all-time favorites, end quote. 
Sweetie said in a statement. Depending on the mood I'm in, there are so many ways to enjoy my order. Um, let me see. Last September, the popularity of the month-long Travis Scott collaboration, the first time a celebrity's name has been on the menu in the U.S. since 1992. Um, yeah, so she has her mail. Um, yeah. So... I brought this up because I thought it was interesting how we we see we usually see stuff like this with companies only with rap artists or rap entertainers or artists or entertainers in the hip hop culture. And I thought it was interesting because just going back to like talking about the Raising Cane and stuff um you know, you see movies all the time about white mobsters and stuff like that, and you'll never hear white people complain about that, right? So going back to the McDonald's stuff and other companies collaborating with hip-hop artists and people in the hip-hop culture, period, and you're just thinking, like, why do they always, why do these companies always collaborate with us when it's, like stuff that isn't really good for our community, like the fast food and stuff like that, or the um, alcohol and stuff like that. It's like this stuff is always pushed through the hip hop culture. It seems like, and I may be wrong, and I'm and I'm fine with that. But this is what I see. I see it as is always being pushed through the hip hop culture because of how, and I look at it like it's because of how big our community is with spending money. And it's like we're all, our community is also easily influenced by stuff like this, where we would go out and, ha and take, and have no hesitation in, in indulging in these things that are bad for us. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't participate in like eating a McDonald's burger or anything like that, you know, everything in moderation. But it seems like this stuff is always pushed to our community knowingly because our community indulges in this stuff. And just thinking about the neighborhood I live in or whatever, I live in a neighborhood that is predominantly black and Hispanic. And it, on the street uh, across from my neighborhood, you have a McDonald's, a Wendy's, a Burger King, a KFC, a Checkers, Popeyes, Five Guys, Lido's Pizza, um, all fast food places, Taco Bell, and three liquor stores, four liquor stores. That's why I bring that up. So take what you want from that. But I just, I just thought that was interesting. I just thought that was something to think about. But, you know. And it just always seems like the entertainers, the rappers and stuff in, our, in the hip-hop culture and in our community and stuff are always easily susceptible of taking these deals to push this stuff like that instead of pushing more uh, uh, alternative thing that's 
more helpful, more more helpful to the community physically, mentally, or emotionally. You know what I'm saying? So let me play this clip. It ties into what um what I just talked about. Music has literally told us shoot black people, shoot as many black people as you want, and run from the cops. That's what music has told us, bro. Yeah. Sell drugs to our own people, buy all the materialistic shit, buy all the shit that don't help us, Ashton Martins, Bentleys, all the extra shit, uh, Rolexes, all the extra shit, spend all our money, don't invest, don't do not do nothing to help the family, fuck the bitch, bitches ain't shit, hoes, tr- it, it, like, music has, I was brainwashed. See what I'm saying? It's like we, we're in this, and this ain't, this ain't nothing new. People- <laughs> I'm sorry. This ain't nothing new. This ain't nothing new at all. This has been going on for for decades, for you know, for years, as long as I can remember. It's always this. This is what we've always seen. And when you've lived in urban communities and stuff like that, this is the same thing. Liquor stores, fast food restaurants and stuff like that. And it is it's making me I didn't really want to talk about this, about the, the baby and the Lil Nas X situation and stuff. But this ties into all of that. And the influence of entertainers and stuff like that. Because you have this argument where the baby said what he said about the LGBTQ community. And then he getting the backlash from that. And then you have these people popping up out of nowhere condemning him for it. And I'm... I'm not on the baby side, but the whole point is you have the LGBT community coming up condemning the baby for what he said, but you don't see the same commitment, the same fire when it's when it's the baby talking about the other stuff, about the killing, about the the drugs, about the misogyny, about disrespecting black women and stuff like that. So it's like everything is good when it's con- when it's bad for our community. But as soon as you as soon as you push along those lines and and jump over to somebody else's community, LGBTQ community, then it's a problem. And this goes back to when I talked about the the uh, feminism stuff. You have feminism and how big it is with white women and stuff, but you have the black women um putting themselves into it. But then the black the black community when something's happening to black women and stuff like that, you don't have the white women coming to support the black women. But the black women are always there supporting the white women or the the feminism movement. It's the same thing with the LGBTQ community. It's it's the you have a, a, a internal internal discrimination in that community as well with the white LGBT community along with the black LGBT community. It's like all these communities, all these 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 spaces always have these same things going on. It's like little societies wrapped up in the big society, just mimicking the bigger society as a whole. You have the internal racism with the whites and the blacks and then you have the issues with the blacks in the communities you have in the lgb 
LGBTQ community. You have issues with with the blacks, with the the people who are more out there, the flaming and stuff like that, as opposed to the more uh, low key people in that community. So it's like everything is always fine when it's us destroying ourselves. But as soon as you cross the line outside of that, then it's a problem. And nobody, nobody seems to want to step up to give, give the same support. I mean, we know this. People just ain't being open-minded enough to see it. But, yeah, I, I agree with, with that last clip about the rappers and entertainers uh, continuing in the, the narrative or the agenda of brainwashing us and keeping us in this, this state. And the, the sad thing about it is, in our in our community, people people flock so much and follow so much and and identify so much with with these rappers and entertainers that they don't see nothing else. They just they they look to them, look to the rappers and, and entertainers and stuff for political advice, for for everything. I mean, it's just everything, and none of the and. And these people are basically on the same level as they just got they just got some a little bit money. <laughs> well, let me play this other clip. This is a uh, Kanye. Say you turned you turned your back on the culture or exactly one hundred percent. I have turned my back on the idea of victimization mentality. We are locked up. We went from one and four. We went from one and four to one and three. But we always pointing at the white people, but yet we want to spend all of our money on foreigns. We want to spend all our money on luxury as opposed to going and buying some land. America is for sale. And there's a lot of barren land. Disney bought a lot of it in Florida. But the culture has you focused so much on fucking somebody, bitch, and pulling up in a foreign and rapping about things that could get you locked up and then saying you about prison reform. Mm. Like, it's, bro, we brainwashed out here, bro. <laughs> I mean, do I have to say anything else? I don't. I don't. I think that 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 was enough. I, I think I have another clip. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. Let me see. I know I have it. I know I have it. I've been saving it for a while, and I didn't even realize that it tied into everything. But, but yeah, let me see. I think I got this clip somewhere. Uh, let me see. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same old shit that I've been saying. We living in this victimization. We got this victimization mindset, and we keep trying to rub elbows with the white people, but we not even paying attention because they don't do the shit that we doing. They ain't buying all this luxury shit and stuff like that. They got their money, yeah. They got their money. And we got money in our community. But we keep spending it on stupid shit, trying to prove stuff, trying to get validation. Socially influenced. Everything is socially influenced. It's crazy, man. Here you go right here. It's the other clip. Let me pull this up. Last clip. We raised close to a million dollars, and then I realized most of the shit black people want rappers to do, if all the rappers, including Jay-Z, gave their money, it wouldn't be enough. 
like what's going on at home in Jackson right now, we just raised money to me, Monty Ellis, uh, Big Crit, and Mo Williams. We just sent gallons and gallons of water home. But that's a that's a structural problem, bro. That's a over a billion dollar problem. That's billions of dollars, bro. What was what? Like think about it. Let's say if I had a million dollars, right? How many houses could I build with a million dollars? Not many. At the most, twenty. You talking about? Tens of thousands of people who were displaced, but people are looking at rappers to do stuff that they don't even expect their government to do, bro. And so people will sit back and talk about what we doing, bro. You have no idea of how come when I figured out, dude, I ain't even as much as people were holding me up. That wasn't shit, dog. And it made me feel so fucking helpless, bro. Like when I realized, man, that. A lot of times we get, that's the reason why if y'all come to any of my lectures, I speak three times better than I actually do in my lectures, but I don't want you to catch the Holy Ghost. I want you to keep your fucking mind intact. We want people that make us feel good, that give us turkeys during Thanksgiving. I don't even praise Thanksgiving. That's some evil shit. Fuck that. You don't want a motherfucker to give you a turkey. You want a, you want a motherfucker to teach you how to get and eat, how to grow fucking crops, how to create your own fucking shit, dog. And I'm starting to realize this shit, and this shit is so fucking lonely, bro. It's the loneliest shit in the world, bro, because I see shit being illuminated. That's why a lot of motherfuckers want to stay dumb. That's bleep. Yeah, it's easy. Like, we rather be validated instead of doing shit for real. That's all it is. We rather look good first. We want to look good first. I think about this all the time from White Man Can't Jump when uh, Woody Harrelson told Wesley Snipes, he was like, you rather look good first and win second. And that's that's what, that was very telling, a white man saying that to a black man in that movie. And it's very telling of what still goes on to this day. Black people rather look good and win. Let me start over. Black people rather look good first win second and that's why we will always be behind always be behind always be behind it's been a taste to consider podcast episode you can find me on spotify Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon. Taste to Consider Podcast. The link tree is in the bio for everything, all my websites, all of that. Follow, like, share. Uh, continue sharing. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, U-A-N-D-U underscore network on Instagram as well. Follow that. I appreciate y'all. It's been a taste to consider podcast. Change? Shit. I guess change is good for any of us. Whatever it takes for any of y'all niggas to get up out the hood. Shit, I'm with you. I ain't mad at you. Got nothing but love for you. Do you think, boy? Yeah. All the homies that I ain't talked to in a while. I'ma send this one out for y'all, know what I mean? Cause I ain't mad at you, 
heard y'all tearing up shit out there, kicking up dust, giving a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, niggas. Cause I ain't mad at you. Now we was once two niggas of the same kind. Quick to holler at a hoochie with the same line. You was just a little smaller, but you still roll. Got stressed a while, A, and hit the hood swole. Remember when you had a Terry Curl? Didn't quite learn. On the block with your Glock, tripping off Sherm. Collect calls to the tilt, saying how you changed. Oh, you a Muslim now, no more dope games. Heard you might be coming home, just got bail. Wanna go to the mosque, don't wanna chase tail. It seems I lost my little homie, he's a changed man. It's the pen and now no sinning, it's the game plan. When I talk about money, all you see is the struggle. When I tell you I'm living large, you tell me it's trouble. Congratulations on the wedding. I hope your wife knows she got a player for life. And that's no bullshitting. I know we grew apart. You probably don't remember. I used to think for your sister, but never win a bender. And not to see us after school. We bomb on the first motherfucker with the wrong shit on. Now the whole shit's changed. And we don't even kick it. Got a big money scheme. And you ain't even with it. Knew in my heart you was the same motherfucker bad. Go toe to toe when it's time for woe. You got a brother's back. And I can't even trip. Cause I'm just laughing at you You trying hard to maintain Then go ahead Cause I ain't mad at you We used to be like distant cousins Fighting, playing dozens Whole neighborhood buzzing Knowing that we buzz it Used to catch us on the roof Or behind the stairs I'm getting bits and I reminisce On our mind. In time, we learned to live a life of crime Rewind us back to a time Was much too young enough I caught a felony loving the way it does blow And even though we separated You said that you wait Don't get nobody no coochie while I be locked up state I kiss my mama goodbye Wipe the tears from my lonely eyes Said I'll return but I gotta fight to fix the ride Don't shed a tear Cause mama I ain't happy here I do trial, no more smiles For a couple years They got me going mad I'm knocking busters on their backs in my cell Thinking hell, I know one day I'll be back As soon as I touch down I told my girl I'll be there So prepared to get fucked down The homies wanna kick it But I'm just laughing at you Cause you's a down ass bitch And I ain't mad at you Taste to consider podcast I appreciate you so much Thank you for listening And I will speak to you next week 